forever. Dog! Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by adult film actor and absolute hottie, Diego Sanz. Hi, Diego. Hi, Jinx. Did I did I say your name correctly? Is it Diego Sanz? Uh, or do you say Sans? I well, apparently everyone says Sans, so I just went with Sans. We'll stick to Sans. <laughs> I think you should have agency over how your name is pronounced. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that one. <laughs> <laughs> we can put a phonetic guide next to your name on your Wikipedia. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Now, Diego, let's address um, what's currently going on in your life right away, and we'll get it out of the way. But um, you broke your collarbone. I yes, did, <laughs> and it's the first bone I've ever broken. It's just I- I'm still in shock. I'm still, uh, you know, digesting all of this. I can't even believe it. I was on a road trip. I'm supposed to be in San Diego, and I'm like, um, what the hell just happened? I'm still in shock, but yeah, I did break my collarbone and it is what it is. And yet you still powered through and made your way to the Zoom call so that we could record this podcast today. So I thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Is the go-to assumption that you um, broke your collarbone in a sex injury? Uh, It... (laughs) If it had been, I would actually have a smile on my face. <laughs> I would be okay with that one. Uh, but it wasn't. I had a shoot um, the following day with Flush Jack. And uh, mm. my hair is just a little too long for my uh, for my taste. And I was running to the pharmacy. It's just like the dumbest thing. And I it, Austin has no 24 hours pharmacy. So I went to one. They didn't have a trimmer. So I was going to the one that was 24 hours. And I fell into a pothole. And no. those little tiny scooters. And oh, and you got flung off a scooter? Yeah. And no. it was just so like, holy shit. And I rolled, hit my head, which today I'm feeling like I did oh. hit my head. And, um, <laughs> and I was just so determined to get that goddamn trimmer. And... Um, <laughs> I just got back on the scooter. And when I started heading out, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Something is wrong here. And when I felt it, I, you guys are not going to show this, but um, you can kind of <laughs> see the. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> ah, don't poke it. <sighs> oh, my God. God. Oh. Are you in a, an excruciating amount of pain right now? No, it's just tender. But um, mm. I... I got back on the scooter and I drove off and um, I was like, this is not right. And then I stopped at this bar, laid on the ground and looked at this guy who was smoking a cigarette. I was like, sir, could you call 911? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm trying to call Daniel for flesh jacks and like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this shoot tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to voicemail. It's just like, it's not my night. <laughs> oh, no. 
Okay, uh, well, there's a lot. I have a lot of follow-up questions. Um, <laughs> let me let me go at them categorically. Um, so you were shooting something for Fleshjack. What's your um, What's your alignment with Fleshjack? Do they have a uh, Do they have a mold of your my penis butthole? and my butthole? Oh, your your penis and your butthole and my butthole. Both. <laughs> <laughs> what was that experience like? How do they make a mold of your of your butthole? I I kind of understand the penis mold. Oh, how do they? What, what goes into making? I'm a, actually curious if you do. So, how do you think they do the penis mold? Well, I've seen those at home kits where you nope. like fill up a tube. No, it's not. It like is that. not. Did they d- take a? 3D rendering of it your... It is technology, dude. You gotta fucking love it. It just, like, there comes a, it, like, comes a guy in the room and says, like, <laughs> um, actually, you're just brought into the room and the guy's, like, first thing's like, oh, I'm straight. I'm like, whatever, buddy. And he's just, like, saying, telling me, like, I'm just gonna just put these little stickers around your penis and this 3D machine. It's just, like, insane. Technology is just, like, so far beyond what I thought or you mean like mm-hmm. this is not my area if you can't tell but you know like when i see this shit i'm like jesus fuck we're like so advanced on this shit and he just like tells you to jerk off and once you get hard he'll put like these little stickers around your penis and the 3d just pops in the computer now now what about the butthole is it a similar process? oh the butthole is just like getting waxed but it's just like this goo <laughs> that was felt amazing that was just like butt in the air it's like oh refreshing <laughs> um Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna circle back to Flesh Jack later because <laughs> I think there's some areas to discover there, some room to explore. Um, but I want to ask next. Um, you mentioned your hair being too long for your taste. Um, now, so are you kind of a polar polar opposites? Because you have famously had very long hair at very times, long and hair you've had a lion's mane of hair that I is one of my favorite things <laughs> i miss it but and thank you i mean like can i tell you it wasn't uh something that many were like um not excited for they're like finally he I cut the goddamn thing off that. that makes no sense to me i know <laughs> it's just like everyone has a different taste and let me tell you the diego sands the long hair it was not a taste that many like <laughs> So when I chopped that thing off, everyone was like, finally. Um, and I got to say, I love having long hair. It's just so much fun to have, especially when like good songs come on in the shower. But <laughs> in Miami, it's painful. Um, yeah, I like to go I to the gym imagine. every day. And they say that if you want long, strong hair, you cannot wash it every day. So I, will, I wouldn't wash it every day, but I'd go to the gym every day. It would get to the point my pillow would smell like my gym clothes, like that and, I had and then washed. you sell it online because hello, <laughs> I'll be your first Where customer. Where were you when this was going on? <laughs> to, to have a Diego Sands um, pillowcase that I could put it on one of my pillows and it would smell like you're in bed next to me. Well, let me tell you, Excuse your bed me. would melt. <laughs> that aesthetic. <laughs> Thing would just Hardly. melt I'm a very scent-oriented person. Um, okay. So, okay, first of all, I do think you have a future in selling, like, pillowcases. That If you ever grow your hair out again, we'll see. I would get um, sued. <laughs> now, okay, so I have a whole list of things to talk to you about, but I kind of want to talk about this hair thing. Um, when I hear that people had an aversion to you having long hair, my first thought is, 
it must be related to femphobia in um in masculine porn um i might be reaching here but you, do you think um <laughs> have you ever uh, you did you i think you did perform at blue space brazil okay. sao paulo if i could Yes. I mean, I, yeah, if you, if you believe I did, I, I, I have such a hard time remembering all the club's names, but I did perform in Sao Paulo. And I think that was one of my favorite gigs in, um, the in stage. I had an moved, amazing time. Came up oh, and yes, down. Yes. And I came out of air. the floor and down from the ceiling. Yes. That yes, was yes, my, I did. that was my teenage days. That was like my introduction into gay world. The reason I bring up femphobia is I think it, I mean, you know, I'm, I have no problem calling out <laughs> the things that I see in the world. Um, but am I correct in assuming that you're exclusively a top in your adult work? In my adult work, yes. Yes. So I've talked to you about this before, but I think that when you are someone known as being a top and the... Um, you know, the um, behavioral expectations of a person who is exclusively a top in their adult work, um, that there's probably an extra emphasis on you being super masculine. Whereas I see all these um, examples in your Instagram posts and um, seeing pictures of you at um, award ceremonies where you are fully Nelly, you're in a pair of heels, you're wearing skirts, you're playing with gender. And I've always really loved that about you, that you... It's not really playing with life, gender. It's just, I feel free to be myself more, yeah. even here in the States than in Brazil. I mean, like, I would never be able to do that if I was invited to an award show in Brazil. Uh, mm. Today, yes. But um, I was never, I was never able to express my queerness in brazil yeah. and just being around here everybody's just like this i can be i can be myself it's safe if you will to be myself yeah. here um so it's not the case that i've always been playing with gender just that like this is who i am i just feel safe now yeah um but i've always loved heels i mean like i'm not gonna lie i love <laughs> working out legs and my legs look incredible in heels why am i not gonna wear them <laughs> yeah, yeah. And have you have you dealt with people um, being less uh, uh, um, uh, people not embracing what we could call your femme side, um, given the fact that you're uh, a top in your professional work? I mean, if I, they it did, I didn't notice because I'm not really paying attention. I feel like, yeah. you know, something I just read this article um, on Francois Sagat. Uh, he's also mm -hmm. an adult entertainer. And, oh, uh, I'm familiar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's lit up. I wish you guys could see. <laughs> um, he's been very sweet to me, Francois. <laughs> he is a sweetheart. And, uh, you yes. know, I saw this article where he was saying that he's expected to, you know, be masked because I'm this mm -hmm. big, muscular man with tattoos. And I, you know, yeah. like... And it, this is um, sometimes being in such an industry as this, I mean, like you're not necessarily forced to be this way, but I mean, like you kind of just, I mean, at least I do, you know, like sometimes just play the role and everything, but I'm still true to myself as in like, you know, if I'm going to an award show, I will, I'm me, 
you're not hiring me to go to an award show. You might be hiring me to, you know, pretend to be this married man and yeah. <laughs> this guy walks in <laughs> to fix my TV. Or I don't know. <laughs> and well, <laughs> that, that's kind of, you know, like the image we create in the in the mm-hmm. scene, the scenario and all. But that isn't um, who I am. Um, and I think that that's the same thing what happens at Francois. You know, you like look at this big man and you think that this guy has to be masculine and i think that's just us you know i I don't pay attention to that because i still think that as a society we're still erasing that and i get it keep erasing but i'm just like i'm not gonna waste my time looking back i'm just gonna look forward because i love that about you Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might, uh, I, I'm glad you don't pay attention to any criticisms you might face as this person with just this duality of playing a super masculine um, character in your work um, and then being yourself in your, in your everyday life. But like a, an image that stands out to me all the time whenever I bring you up, which I bring you up <laughs> a lot, I guess, because I've talked about this a lot. <laughs> Is that you accepted um, an award for best top um, in like a in rainbow suspenders <laughs> and like a full on like '90s gay comedian outfit? <laughs> like I think you had a rainbow top hat on and rainbow suspenders, and the word Nelly comes to mind, and I just love that. Whether you were doing it for any kind of statement or if it was just you being and that yourself, actually, uh, I hate to break you <laughs> off right there. That was actually a statement. Um, I don't know if you okay, recall. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, that was the year Brazil was up for elections and Bolsonaro was up for election. And I was just trying to bring awareness that Brazil is headed the same direction the U.S. had gone. And we see the um, the results of like when you put shitty people like that in command. Let's talk about coming from Brazil and what what was that like? Uh, coming from Brazil, adapting to American culture, and then finding celebrity within uh, within the uh, queer American community. You know the shit show my life. <laughs> how much how much time do you have? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, when I stop and I take a look at the fucking steps I took when I was. <laughs> fucking 18, 19. I was like, oh, God damn, what are you thinking? Um, I I had a very privileged life. My mom came to the U.S., married my stepfather, gave me a green card. I was like, I want to be with daddy in Brazil. Jumped back and forth around for a while until finally I met my ex in Brazil. He tried to stay in, in Brazil, try to find a job or something just so like, you know, we could stay together. But his mom had promised him a job here in in the States. And I thought, well, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's not a bad reason to make life decisions for love. Yes, it is. Don't listen to her. And at that age, I was just so dumb, naive. I mean, like I had been handed down everything. I th- you think life is just like 
your fingertips and you're not making wise decisions. At least I wasn't. And I came back to the U.S., I think it was in March of 2010, right at the beginning of the year. I got my green card, but my relationship had ended. <laughs> oh. So I was like, what do I do? Do I go back home to Brazil? Do I stay here? And I had some, I had made some friends in San Francisco, which was where I moved back to and um, when I came back in 2009. And um, I was like, oh, I love this city. It felt like another planet. So when I, even like when the relationship was over, I was just like, do I really want to go back to, you know, like my friends and everything? I just had found this freedom that I wasn't ready to give up to go back to, to my family or like my friends and all. Cause I felt like this is so dope. Like I can, you know, like be gay here. I don't have to be gay at a club in Brazil and then go home and just like, you know, go to the mall and not, it's, yeah. don't put it out there. I think that is one of, you know, like for everything we can say about uh, America, (laughs) Um, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, another very safe place to be queer. And at, you know, I was, I came out at 14 years old and the moment I came out, there was a there was a queer teen um, rec center for me to hang out at. So I met other people my own age who were queer. I met other trans people at a very young point in my life. Um, I felt a sense of community like the moment I came out. I had an all ages gay dance club to go to. Um, my school had a gay straight alliance. You know, like the moment oh, wow. I came out as queer. Yeah, I was president for two years. Oh. Um, <laughs> there was no election. <laughs> the previous president just said, uh, oh, you're the other most gayest person at the school. <laughs> Why don't you run the GSA? Um, but I had I, and I look at that as, you know, that's like why I'm am who I am today. It's why I got to start being who I who I was and who an I am at such age, a young yeah. age. And now I look at it as really one of the biggest privileges of my life is growing up in a safe place to be queer and growing up with a family that supported me. And um, that's what that's what motivates me in trying to be an advocate for people who don't have that, you know, and to try to give some sense of like, it's going to be okay. I always say, you know, like, keep yourself safe until you can move to a big city because there is safety for queer people in the big cities. Yeah. And um it's just sad that it's not a universal truth, you know, and that's what we that's what we fight towards. You that's know what we're fighting for. What I don't fucking understand is like the mentality behind it. I mean, yeah. can't we all get behind that? If we're all happy, then we're all working better. We're all happy about it. Life is good. No one's in a bad yeah. place. Like, why? What and when people want to fight for the right to continue to discriminate against people, it's like that's what you're fighting for. And they might call it like religious freedom or they might call it whatever they want, conservative values, traditional values. Fuck all of that. What you're fighting for is permission to continue to be an asshole. And I'll never understand that mentality. <laughs> Well, not to um, take a hard left turn, but let's take a hard left turn. Um, uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners um, are familiar with your work as an adult entertainer. Um, 
how did you get into adult entertainment? Um, what what led you to that? And what was it like filming your first scene? Um, well, I'll give you the spicy details of it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you want to get like real, real, real down and under to um, FYI, my name is Luis. So if you want to see the first (laughs) video Louise ever shot, believe it or not, (laughs) was for Treasure Island Media. Okay. And it was just a jerk-off scene, which was in the bedroom, like, across from their office. And then the second one (laughs) was at um, this one guy. I think he was, like, uh, he used to – he still works for um, Treasure Island Media. I think he's not CEO or something. Um, won't say the name as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I remember shooting that scene. That was my second scene, which was like with someone. And they're like, okay, so you're just going to like lean back, get your boner. And it was right in the kitchen. Like, okay, right on. I was like, no, <laughs> let's not lose time. <laughs> We're burning daylight here. Um, it's like, just right in the kitchen. And he's just going to pull your pants down. He's going to blow you. It's like, okay. And, um, and this is probably dumb and naive of me, like very beginner to ask, but I asked mm-hmm. him like, where do I come? And then the guy looked at me, was just like his mouth. <laughs> it was like such an <laughs> obvious question. Like, I'm sorry. That was my second scene. And then I, I signed up for um, Randy Blue after a couple of people asking me like, do you do porn? Do you do porn? I said, no. I don't. Maybe they came across that scene now that I think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but then I thought like, well, maybe I should send my pictures to a couple of the studios and see. Randy Blue hit me up saying like, hey, do you want to come down to LA and jerk off in front of a camera? And I, <laughs> that's how Diego Sanz was born. It's funny because um, at first I wasn't a huge fan of my name. Um, Randy Blue used to have his Randy Blue live every Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> and the model would be la- go on a live show for an hour where he would talk to the um to the guests and then the last mm-hmm. few 15 minutes he would jerk off and come and <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's talk but you know we mean business <laughs> yeah. uh, and they're like oh do you want to do it and i said yeah sure let's do it um my flight got delayed we hit traffic by the time i got to the studio they were like rushing me to the to the set where they're um trying to explain to me like this monitor just read the red questions you know like we're gonna pick and choose what questions are like the most tasty you know? <laughs> and then a um, couple of minutes before we had to go on they're like oh so what's your name and i'm like louise <laughs> and it's like no no no. what's your poor name so like, i don't know i don't have any and everyone started spitballing and then jeremy lucido uh, said Diego Sands. I was like, <laughs> and um, I remember Randy was even on the line, and he's like, Randy loves it. I'm like, the Randy, the Randy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mama Randy. Oh, yeah. And Mama Randy liked it, and I said, so Diego, it is, and it stuck. Did you? Um, were you? Have you ever had moments of feeling nervous in front of the camera, or do you just take to? 
Do you take to it like a fish to water? <laughs> I like that analogy. <laughs> uh, and what water it is. <laughs> and <laughs> so thick and viscous. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be completely honest. There have been, you know, there was a moment um, going to college where I thought maybe I'll do porn or maybe I'll do escorting to to pay for college. But then there's that tricky thing of a lot of, I think a lot of young actors find themselves at that crossroad oh, yeah. of like, well, um, you know, finding steady acting work and, and um, keeping yourself uh, financially secure is difficult when you're starting out in the entertainment industry. But then also you could, um, you know, there was a time, I don't know how true it is these days, a lot of, I think a lot of people can start their careers in adult entertainment and then branch out in different ways. But in general, the rule is, if you want to be taken seriously as an actor later in life, you know, doing porn early in life might shoot you in the foot. And that's what prevented me from doing it. But what really prevented me from doing it, as I know in my heart of hearts, um, I, I could never have sex in front of people. I barely like having sex in front of the person I'm having sex with. <laughs> and I love sex. But we're talking shirts on, lights off. <laughs> so I, I have to I have to say, you know, the comfortability that I've noticed you have in front of the camera is awe-inspiring. You seem very, very at home in front of a camera. <laughs> And this is one of those things I've talked about with friends. It's like, um, you know, I think drag queens and gay porn stars are like peanut butter and jelly. We just all work well together. We have a lot of similarities and a lot of intersection. But I always have this weird thing of when I start talking to a porn star I admire, how do I tell them I'm a fan of your work um, without it just being like, so you've jacked off to me? <laughs> <laughs> And essentially, you have to just get over that, you know. <laughs> no, I will say this. I was actually just thinking that because um, the other day I was approached by this one person. And this is how I don't like being approached. Because um, mm. if you are... Oh, no, you're going to describe exactly how I approached it. <laughs> I um, am putting myself out there naked having sex so you are seeing me at my most vulnerable you know mm-hmm. um and arguably most powerful powerful true <laughs> uh no true i mean like you know i um it, it is something like not many are able to do and i've seen that from working on set to me sometimes i'm like just get hard. <laughs> and um, I, I personally, I don't question it. I, it's a gift. <laughs> I shall take it and run with it. <laughs> okay, one thing I love in porn, and I'm, I'm an avid porn watcher, but one thing I absolutely love is is a funny storyline and 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 what we call the porn logic, where it's like two people can be having sex right in front of you, but it's under a counter. So you're like, oh, I don't know what those two people are doing, you know, when it it should be obvious. Must but, be um, a nerd one of my favorite <laughs> 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 One of my favorite porn plots was um 
arguably very ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> it was a parody of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Oh, boy. And you were doing a spoof of Jonathan Van Ness, and you yes, had your long ma'am. hair. <laughs> and so since you were playing JVN, you were very, very queer, very Nelly, very flamboyant. Oh, my God, she's and hungry. And then you still... <laughs> are the dominant top in that situation. And I loved that dichotomy of playing such a Nelly character, but then still taking charge and, and, and topping the other actor. Um, I just, I love those kind of things in porn. My favorite porn is called Oliver Twink. Uh, the Twink looks up to the camera and says, please, sir, can I have some more? Um, you fill in the rest. Um, oh my God. Um, but I just... Let's talk for a moment. You are not just an adult entertainer. You are an award-winning, acclaimed adult entertainer. In 2018, you won the Straight Up Gay Porn Award for Best Performance. Um, In 2019, you won the GVN Award for Best Actor. And you've won Best Top of the Year. How many times? Two years? Have we missed some important awards? I I knew the most about Best Top because it feels like every year, annually, um, Diego Sanz posts a picture at the gave an awards or where whatever the ceremony is the straight up, top again <laughs> the straight up gay porn oh i do think that i got best top for uh gavian but the first mm-hmm. time that i got for best top was um straight up gay porn award which i thought it was funny because i was at the bar and they said and the nominees for best top arms like oh i'm fine and i went back to ordering my drink <laughs> And then they uh-huh. said, Diego Sanz. And I'm like, all right. Because <laughs> um, it was a hard transition from like, when I started in the industry, um, Randy Blue would hire me for bottoming scenes. And oh, right so there from are the, bottoming scenes out oh, there. Oh, honey, Google it. <laughs> Google, you can find anything. <laughs> <laughs> on Randy Blue, I'd have to say 80% of my scenes are bottoming. Right at the end mm. of my career with Randy Blue was um, when I finally got to top. Because I told him, like, listen, it's just too much work. It's just, you know, like, <laughs> it is. No, but I so, mean, like, you, I, 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 I bow down to any adult entertainer that is uh, strictly bottom. I don't know how you can. I mean, everyone is different. Personally, yeah. I like to I like the scene moving along with a nice flow, so we're not all the way up to six p.m. shooting, you know. And we start yeah. at nine a.m. So what I would do is I would stop eating after eight p.m. and I would only go and eat after like four p.m. Yeah, if I was able to, because yeah. then we would finish shooting the scene and then I would fly back up to San Francisco. So it's just very stressful, and I like to eat. I have like my punch kids over there. That I can just <laughs> smell that I'm like watering my mouth, um, and it's just a lot of um, a lot of work, you know. And a, a lot so of you're these, lazy. So well, you're so you, say what you want. Top because no, I'm I'm joking. I'm sure. I'm sure. No, so much goes into being best top of the year however many times you have been. only twice only the tw- uh, only the two times um and in my mind it's every year so you, you should Aww. just take it where's my trophy <laughs> <laughs> um i want to ask uh you know as a drag performer 
most of my, you know, of course I have lots of close relationships in my life that are not drag performers, but a lot of my best friends are also drag queens because we have shared experiences. We share a, we share a, a language. We share, um, you know, uh, career aspects. Do you find that most of your friends um, these days are other adult entertainers or do you kind of compartmentalize that so your adult life is there and your personal life is here? Um, on my personal life, I like to keep it very um, family and close friends. And they're uh, mostly in Brazil. I have some friends in um, San Francisco. But it, porn, for me at least, it has taken like a huge turn in the past year or so. I'd have to say two, three years with OnlyFans coming out and you've kind of turned into your own director, producer, writer, and you're kind of, you know, now managing your own site, if you will. Um, so lately, my circle of friends has been um amongst adult entertainers but not porn it's so wild because i mean like we're stepping into a new era of pornography which is uh the amateur porn which is what's hot now and like people want to see that hidden camera that feels like oh my god they don't even know we're being we're filming them (laughs) that turns people on like and it Preferably with an iPhone camera, not the good camera. Yeah. We like to see the we like to see the <laughs> static of the picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how do you find that transition between how's it been um I've been loving from it. studio porn? Yeah. I've been loving it because usually uh back when I started with men, there was a time I wanted to um collab and we're talking men.com not men in general well both (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, with men.com i was only booked to film with men.com holes (laughs) (laughs) sorry it was right there (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) but yes (laughs) so with men.com, we could only film with um, men.com exclusives, as in like, um, or guys that would want to film with men.com. And there was a time that we wanted to film with, collab with uh, like Cocky Boys. And um, it was a couple of years ago, I think like 2000, uh, 2016, 17, where studios were beginning to see, at least this is my perspective on it, that there had to be a certain clash between studios, you know, like you can't just keep them, mm. you know, like, and, yeah. you know, uh, breed your own puppies. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's kind of share everyone with everyone, you know, like people want yeah. to see that. People want more diversity. People want to see like more, not just like this, the 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 uh, exclusive models of this one, shoot with only this one, this one, it's, it's good to have like, um, you know, sharing. Variety is the spice variety. of life. That's it. And now with OnlyFans, I get to see that side because I get to like try with new um, um, people of the industry as in like studio industry. 
but now I see like I go on Twitter and Twitter I don't know if you, it's just like it's a porn website yeah you know it, yeah it's yeah, a fucking we porn website <laughs> if you go on Twitter in public you're like risking it you're you're risking it yes do not Twitter open. is like <laughs> Twitter has become a place for people to scream into the void or promote their porn <laughs> It is. That is it. No yeah. more. Thank you. That's just we've. That's enough. <laughs> and I, now I see a bunch of guys that are comfortable with themselves of having sex in front of a camera and putting it out there. Um, and I do consider them to be adult entertainers. I don't know if I consider them to be porn actors or stars because I don't think you've ever done a studio because I'm gonna I'll tell you this I can film three scenes for my only fans in one day but yeah. god forbid we're doing three scenes in one day that's impossible unless we start yeah. at 1 a.m <laughs> yeah it's not gonna happen because you know like you do pictures and this and that and then you go to video it's just like a whole different scenario a whole different um so a guy that's shooting for OnlyFans, he doesn't know what it's like to get to set, sign in, get the script, read, read over. Now we're going to like, now, I mean, like, I know that it's just porn, but you do need to learn or at least know angles. And I mean, like, wide angle, what is uh, over the shoulder, or just so you can know. So I mean, like, yeah. A lot of well, I, it's I, work. It is work. It, it, it it's work, and it's an industry, and it's a job, and um, yeah, I think um, you know, I have such a peripheral understanding of the porn industry. Um, I, I've almost been a been a non-sexual actor for Men.com a few times, and it just hasn't worked out. But I'm I'm excited for the day when I get to make my porn debut as a drag queen. <laughs> you know, I've already pushed that so many times with Mark. <laughs> Pull his ear. <laughs> um, what I want to know. Well, here's what I see, and I want to know if you have anything to add to it, and um, tell me if I'm wrong. But what I've really enjoyed about self-produced independent porn is that we get to bypass um, some of the expectations and pressures that mainstream or studio porn put on scene work in the effect that we are now starting to see more diversity in porn. We're starting to see more niches filled. We're starting to see a, a bigger variety in body types. And um, I think studio porn it, uh, uh, tends to be more of like, this is what you expect from porn actors. And this is what um, our society is deemed as sexy and attractive. Whereas in independent porn, you know, there's an, there's a niche out there for everything and there's there's room to be more diverse and room to be performing the scenes that you know people are interested in whether or not studios acknowledge it <laughs> is that the most diplomatic way i can talk about but i sex? love it <laughs> <laughs> i think that now that um we have more variety and more options out there um we begin to see that people relate to those um niche 
um, fetish desire. And the more people become comfortable, the more will join. Yeah. Because I think, like, for example, buy sex right now is huge. Because, like, <laughs> people are just becoming more comfortable with themselves, you know. I remember in the not night like early 2000s when I used to watch queer ass folk and I was like smooth <laughs> is the way to go like I used to hate my hair I would trim it I would wax it mm-hmm. I'd wax my whole body and it was just like what we were taught it was just like what we see like you see yeah. like you do yeah. and um studios are like oh they're all liking smooth get smooth people yeah yeah and i can't be mad at them because it's just you know like they're treating it as a job and that's all it is exactly to them it's a job but But now that the job is now handed down to the model and is like do whatever the fuck you want now we're like seeing true colors of like what people are and who they are and now that we've like have twitter for example that is like your menu a la carte to decide what you want. <laughs> like, do you want hairy? We got him, sis. Do you want tall? <laughs> we got it. Do you want thin? Yeah. There's some. I do think one of the best things of um, self-produced, independent adult work is I think it's aiding in the destigmatization of sex. You know, and I I see people saying like, hey, by the way, this is something I'm into and there's definitely a community that's into that. So maybe stop treating it like it's such a taboo. You know, I I, I can use an example. I used to hide the fact that I have a foot fetish because I thought that was just such an outrageous thing, you know, and I picked up in my own community that to have a foot fetish was just crazy and weird and then I started talking in my shows about having a foot fetish turning it into material and jokes and stuff and I occasionally posted jokes like that on Instagram and I noticed a certain amount of backlash people thinking it disgusting that I have a foot fetish and now here we are and I feel like everyone has a foot fetish like every other profile on Instagram is a foot profile and um (laughs) You know, like lots of lots of foot stuff is making its way into porn, whether it's um, categorized as a foot fetish porn video or not. (laughs) If you follow any guy that like constantly posts uh, like uh, selfies, shirtless and everything, the more personal, the more likes, the more attraction, the more interaction. Why? Because it's personal. We want to feel personal. The minute you yeah. p- start adding lights, production, this, you lose that connection with the person. Mm-hmm. And foot, bitch, that's like, <laughs> that is a key. That is a, yeah. a goddamn fucking key. Because if, and it's part of, parts of the foot. Ah. <laughs> oh, please you, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> if you show like inner part, that is like so incredibly hot. If you show the <laughs> entire foot, you will see that like people interact more. Feet are just hot. It's just sexy. Who doesn't like to? I had a friend of mine in San Francisco and he was disgusted by feet. And we mm-hmm. would go to Dolores Park every Sunday and I'd try to stick my feet in his face. And he <laughs> would literally try to kick me because it was just like, it was disgusting to him. 
And then I asked him one day, like, you're telling me you don't like to play footsie? And it's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> everyone, it's a body contact. And it's just like, I think that some people are not into the foot fetish uh, of like finding a sexual attraction on a foot. But from my personal opinion and from my personal experiences, I can't recall ever hooking up with someone that said like, um, oh no, I don't like, I don't like admiring a pretty feet on a a guy. Everyone's like, no, no, my God. If the guy's like, has beautiful feet, oh, please. Well, I think, I think where we're at with sexual liberation and, um, you know, why and how we fight against slut shaming is just accepting that even though something's not for you, that doesn't mean you get to turn it down for everyone else. You know, um, a friend of mine always says, don't yuck someone else's yum. So I think it's, (laughs) I think it's totally cool for people not to be into something, but just because you're not into something, you know, just because you're not into feet doesn't mean you have to deem foot fetishes disgusting just because it doesn't apply to you because the whole thing we're fighting for right now is everyone having the room and freedom to be who they are without judgment without shame and that applies to sexuality as well Diego has started um, uh, started feasting, so I'm going to wrap so up this sorry. interview. Like no, so, no, you're fine. So you were sorry. at the hospital today. You have a broken collarbone. I want you to do everything you need to do. Um, I'm just going to ask you my closing questions because I'll be remiss if I don't get these answers. Number one, what's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, my God. Hasatiga Iboai. <laughs> Oh, from Book of Mormon, a brilliant, a brilliant musical. Um, do you consider yourself spiritual? Everybody starts singing it, and then oh, yeah. we finally explain it. And I was like, oh my god! Oh no! Do you, you consider yourself spiritual? <laughs> okay, next interview we'll only talk about Hasidiga Ibuai. <laughs> Do you consider yourself spiritual? Not necessarily religious, but do you consider yourself spiritual? Yes, yes, I do. I mean, I do believe in a greater power. I'm not, uh-huh. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus, um, hell, heaven. I think we've, we've come from nothing. Um, I mean, like, I believe. Big Bang Theory, if you have to ask me, like, well, where did we come from? I'm like, dude, I'm not a scientist. Mm -hmm. But I know many people that are, that have been Mm -hmm. studying, and this is the conclusion they have updated me with. So what am I to say, you know? I don't believe, and I do think that we're we're gonna turn into warm food at the end, you know? Um, There was a commercial I saw for um, (laughs) uh, whiskey. Johnny Walker. Uh, <laughs> this was back in Brazil, and it shook me that commercial because it said um, it was a machine. It was like the iRobot from Woodsmith. It was something very similar to that, and it said, "I am a machine. For me to achieve eternity, all I must do is um, 
consume my energy and I will live forever. But you can also achieve eternity, just do something forever memorable. And that kind of like, I've never met the guy, it, it, I've never met Benjamin Franklin, but here we are, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of bizarre because I feel like, where did this shit come from? And we have to go draw so bad far. It feels like another lifetime. It feels like another planet, you know? A yeah. guy with a fucking kite giving a light. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Give like, us light it, bulbs, yeah. Yeah, if it was me today seeing a kid doing that outside, I'd smack the kid. I was like, where's your mother? <laughs> Are you shitting me? Are you crazy? What if a goddamn lightning comes down in your head? You know? Well, um, I think science and magic, um, there's room for both. There is and room I think but here's what the thing, I've so always like, felt. Oh, I, always, I always think that um, you have this opportunity that you're on this planet to do good. Pass on good. So I'm like, while you're here, don't try to achieve eternity by doing something fantastic, but like try to achieve, like do your part as in like, I'm not trying to be all Gandhi and shit, but like no. try to recycle <laughs> for God's sake. Yeah. Try to uh, separate compost for, you know, do your part Yeah. Uh, because this is our planet. And once we die, it's going to be here. And if we don't care for it, it's not Jesus. It's not hell that's going to like bring us to heaven or uh, like Satan going to come out with, uh, what's it called? Um, the guy that a pitchfork. No, I was thinking more like a uh, South Park when he comes out of like starts burning everyone. Like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like we are here. We can do better for our planet or for ourselves. So I think like spiritually, I think that you will feel this incredible energy, just like, just do what you think it's right. And we often know it's right. We often know, like, we might battle with ourselves, like, um, is it right? I'm like, yeah, it is. You know, you just yeah. do it. Um, as a witch, my philosophy is just to be, I, I'm just striving every day to put out more positivity than negativity and make sure that the balance, you know, no one is perfect. We all have our darkness. We all make our mistakes. We all put out negative energy from time to time. But if we are mindful of making sure that we, the balance is, um, you know, the ratio is that we are putting out more positive energy into the world than we are negative, then, you know, most days that's, that's all you can do. That's like that that can be your daily goal and it doesn't take much to be conscious to how much positivity versus negativity you're putting out into the world and that's why i don't engage with um hateful commenters i mean i might here and there when when someone really pushes my buttons but um it's i try to shut down giving room for negativity where i can because i don't want to contribute to, to putting more negativity out in the world and um i don't like to give space for negativity in my life and i don't like to give space for negativity um in the work that i put out you know <laughs> you can you can post your own shitty ass comments from your own page but i'm not going to engage on it uh, engage on my own <laughs> it's very smart i mean 
That is incredibly <laughs> smart. I wish more people would follow that <laughs> advice. Well, there's so we're working at it. You know, we have to undo <laughs> a lot of conditioning. My final question for you, Diego, and I ask every guest this. Who is your celebrity crush? If someone were to knock at your door right now with the express purpose of coming in and making sweet, gentle love to you with your broken collarbone, if you had your dream, who would that person be? Oh, Gabriel Medina. Oh, he's a Brazilian <laughs> surfer. Oh, and his girlfriend is so lucky. <laughs> oh, he's just In like... In that vein... I'm going <laughs> to no, send go you a it. picture of him because you're going to like, oh my God. He has like these little potato... <laughs> Uh, like cheeks. It's just like, oh my god, uh, patatas. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the only so thing I. <laughs> that was the when I performed in Brazil. I learned one phrase to say at the end of every show, and I would say "You te amo, minhas batatas fritas," um, <laughs> because I really love French fries and I really love my audiences. So I thought. Um, combine them all in, in that vein um since you, since you chose a brazilian surfer i'm going to choose uh, an american surf uh, an american snowboarder um one of my longtime crushes is the um snowboarder um sean white and i feel like he's a very acquired taste with his long red hair and his freckled face but he always does it for me <laughs> the flying tomato <laughs> i don't know if i know that who that is i'm actually oh. curious to see who We'll text each other afterwards. We'll we'll send each other pictures of our crushes. Just nudes, please. And I just... (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank you so much. I was so excited for this interview, Diego. I am... You know, you're also a celebrity crush. I'll say it. Um, I'm a big fan of your work. And yes, I know that that implies that I have jacked off to you. But you know what? I'm being genuine. I need evidence. Um, we'll see if I ever start my own OnlyFans. Um, until then, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today, Diego Luis. And I also want to thank everyone for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. Where can they follow you, Diego? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram with Diego Sands and Twitter Diego Sands Porn. And that is it. <laughs> and they can also Google you and see <laughs> a wealth of entertainment that you've put out into the world. And then in so seven you, days, Samara will come out of your picture. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you, everyone, for listening. I'll be back next Wednesday for some more hijinks. Forever. To listen to hijinks ad-free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Hijinx five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hijinx is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, produced by Big Dipper, editing and sound design by Will Pitts. 
Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.